God bless the city of Rock Hill. Rock Hill is such a special place. They're going to know Rock Hill for more than Football City USA. Pathways, Indoor Center, Knowledge Park. It's just a wonderful time to be in Rock Hill right now. The city of Rock Hill is one of the only destinations that fully gets it. It builds world-class venues that are better than anywhere in the United States. Hello and welcome to CityCast, where we aim to keep you informed and updated with all things City of Rock Hill. My name is Ashley Studebaker, alongside co-host here, Matthew Cray, and we are talking about fire safety today, rather. So we are joined by Otis Striggers and Mark Simmons. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. And before we get into the fun side of things, I just kind of want you both to go over your uh, titles here and what you do with the city and how long you've been with us. Okay, uh, my name is Mark Simmons. I'm the uh, Deputy Chief of Operations with the Fire Department. I've been with the city for almost 33 years. And my job, I supervise the uh, what we call the Suppression Division, which is the firefighters and the emergency response side of the department. And I'm Otis Driggers. I've been with the city for almost 30 years. And I'm the Chief Fire Marshal, and I supervise the Fire Marshal's Division. We got some experience in the building. Okay, uh, so typically we do a speed round, um, or we like to ask some more so thought-provoking questions, which is what we're going to do with you two today. Okay, um, so we can start. Whoever can go first, it doesn't matter. We want um, both of you to answer these questions <laughs> and just start a discussion because these are, I think, these are really fun questions that'll tell us a lot about who you guys are. We like to break the ice. <laughs> Name something embarrassing you did as a kid. And whatever story it is, we're gonna we're gonna ask for the whole story. So, right. or or if I guess if you can't think of anything, something <laughs> mm-hmm. really embarrassing you've done in your life. So maybe yeah. not just as a kid. I've, I've got a, a pretty dumb thing. To, uh, when I started at the fire department, when I was a young firefighter and got excited, we, it was a fire in an attic, and we were on t- we were actually on top of the the roof, and we knocked out the vent to the attic. So I put the nozzle into the uh, vent hole to put the fire out. And then as soon as I pulled it out, I stuck my head inside the hole to see if there was uh, uh, any fire left when all the steam and gases was coming out of the house. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, I had been trained not to do that, but I got excited. <laughs> and it was a little ahead of my, what I was supposed that to do. So, turn out so no often. one had to tell me don't ever do that again. <laughs> Well, I think Mark done a great job with that one, so we'll just we'll both just live with that one. We'll just live with that one. Okay, no worries. Uh, so again, um, we're going to dive into some fire safety, just a topic that's relative for everybody, um, not just in workplaces, but also in our homes as well, just as a community. So, uh, Matthew, if you want to take it away with the first question. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think when it comes to fire safety, another word for, or the, I guess an antonym, opposite of safety is risk. You know, what fire risks are there, whether it's in your home or at work? Well, in the home, just like in your home, uh, cooking appliances uh, is a risk. Just cooking and attention, leaving pots on the stove, walking away from it, that's a big concern. So, of course, we don't want anyone to walk away when they're cooking. Uh, Candles, leaving candles burning, and... um, uh, having space heaters, if they have space heaters, don't place things too close to the space heater. Uh, outlets, overloading outlets, having extension cords, those things are big concerns. And uh, fireplaces, uh, you know, not having things too close to the fireplace. And of course, when it's time to start uh, 
Uh, we have the cold weather. We want to have those fireplaces clean prior to use. So with, given those kind of um, just risks that people have, whether in the uh, workplace or at home, what are some of the precautions that families can put into place into their home to prevent those disasters from happening? Well, once again, we don't. if you're cooking, don't walk away from it and making sure that you blow the candles out when they're when you don't need to use those any longer and uh, we always want you to have a operating smoke alarm carbon monoxide alarm and if you need a fire extinguisher i have one available do you have any uh you know th these are the things they teach you in fire safety but I'm sure when you're out in the field, you, you meet with or talk to a lot of people, maybe someone who's experienced a fire. Do either of you have any stories uh, about the, again, they may fall under the same categories, but about those regrets from people who have gone through a fire? So some things that we do hear from time to time is the occupants or homeowner may not have uh, rental insurance or homeowner's insurance. Do you, do you have an example of a time where you talk to someone and it kind of really hit you or has struck home about, you know, maybe regretting one of those things that they've done? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times you talk to people, too, and they just, after they have a fire, they always had the mentality, hey, it couldn't happen to me. I wish I hadn't have been so careless. I wish I would have, you know, hadn't I left the house and left the dryer on or had double-checked to make sure I cut the, the stove off and, and those type things. And especially bad, we've had... Uh, fires around Christmas with people all mm. the Christmas presents and stuff burn mm -hmm. up I actually had one uh, several years back where the people's uh, Christmas presents uh, burn up and all the firefighters pitched in and went and, oh, and wow. got presents for the family mm. so. that's nice um, in addition to the fire extinguishers that you briefly touched on what other types of safety equipment should be kept in a place um, of work or or at home well the, other than the fire extinguishers a first aid kit is always great you never know when you just have you know a small cut or you may need uh you know further bandages well what are things that people when you talk to people about safety or fire safety that they're surprised to hear oh i didn't realize that's something i should be doing or something i needed to be doing well one thing that we touch on especially with our seniors when they may go out of town on vacation and stay in a hotel. So when they get off the hotel, you're excited about being on vacation, but also start thinking about safety. So when you get off the elevator, look to your left or right, look at the where the stairwells are in the event that that fire alarm goes off at two o'clock in the morning, where are you gonna go? So the stairwell may be on the left, right, or both, and look at the exit sign so you know where to go. And I kind of want to backtrack a little bit as far as both of your roles um, within the fire department here uh, in Rock Hill. So just, I guess, to provide people some context, a call comes in and, and, and there's a fire somewhere. What do each of you, and you can answer this one at a time, each of you do kind of step-by-step to take care of that? Well, when a call comes in, our firefighters obviously be dispatched to the call. I don't respond I'm not on the initial dispatch. I can see if it's something that our battalion chiefs, which are the shift supervisors, will they'll need support on. And if it's something that we feel like they need support on, I'll come out and uh, help them in a, in a command post role. So you mentioned the stairwells. When you, get, you go to a hotel, you get off the elevator, and you, know, you see the stairwells, you look for the fire extinguisher. Uh, is an exit plan something that 
you guys uh, let me let me rephrase this D does a business such as a hotel have to have a fire permitted exit plan before they can officially open they do have an exit plan it's usually on the back of each door in the rooms and so but are our folks really paying attention to the exit plan mm -hmm. so it's good to know your surroundings so know where those exits are it's good so, to have a meeting in the home as well to have an exit plan in a meeting place we've actually responded to calls where uh maybe the husband's in the front yard the wife went out the back or the children was, was at the neighbor's house and they're telling us that family members are still inside the home and they're actually already out but establish a meeting place and when your children are little practice it they'll love it when my son right. was little <laughs> our meeting place was our mailbox and we'd wait for him to go to bed sometime and when he's five and six years old and i just hit the smoke alarm and make it make it go off and he'd run outside in his pajamas to the mailbox so he, we practiced <laughs> okay, it okay. so he knew he knew where to go and if it ever fortunately we never had to use it right but so, uh, if we did he knew where to go so is that something you guys would recommend to other families is have a fire drill in the home yes just like definitely. that I think that would be something that a lot of people wouldn't expect to hear because, I mean, you just, you know, you have fire drills at home or, I mean, fire drills at school or at work, but you don't think, you know, you're just like, it's a fire run outside, right? But um, uh, definitely good for people to probably take a note of for that. Um, there's something called emergency lighting. Um, so can you guys touch on why that is so essential and important? Sure. Emergency lighting is... It, it basically illuminates the building in the event that you have a power interruption. And so the, uh, the emergency lighting will illuminate the uh, exit pathways for you to the exit of the building. All right, and uh, let, okay, let's step forward. We're in the middle of a fire, right? And you got this cool thing called the fire extinguisher that most people have just looked at their whole lives and probably <laughs> never used. What do I do when I pick up the fire extinguisher? Okay. <laughs> All right, if you need to use the fire extinguisher, we, we use an acronym called PASS, which stands for Pull, Aim, Squeeze, and Sweep. So you would get the fire extinguisher, you would pull the pin, so pull the pin, aim the nozzle at the base of the fire, which would, you'd probably stand about six to 10 feet away, squeeze the handle, and sweep the nozzle at the base of the fire. Is there, um how do you know? So me, I feel very um, vindicated by looking at a fire extinguisher all my life. I don't know how to use one. Never had had to use one, fortunately enough. But how do you? How do I know if I'm looking at one? How do I know if it still works? Like, do I just attempt to use it, or how is there a way to kind of look at it and gauge if it's still working? Sure. On, on the fire extinguisher, it has a sight glass, okay. and the sight glass it, it will give you an indication whether it's charged or not there's usually a needle that points into a green field in the sight glass and how, how often should those be inspected by either workplaces or homes well they should be inspected monthly in oh, the workplace wow, okay. and then serviced annually so how did you guys decide that you wanted to be firefighters i'm sure that uh well is that what you wanted to be growing up or was uh no, I, I never really thought about it, and I actually had a friend that worked for the fire department, and he was telling me, telling me how great it was. I actually thought I wanted to be a police officer, and uh, but once I went to the fire department, I knew that that was the right career for me. What got what got you over to the department? Uh, like I said, I just I had a friend that worked in the fire department. He was telling me, "Hey, you ought to apply. We hiring, and it's a great job." So I did, and I didn't get hired the first time, but the second time around, I did. When did you decide that it was something that you guys wanted to do? 
Uh, once I started, I wasn't. It didn't take long, and I knew that, <laughs> that I was going to be here. I feel like it's such a kin, like a preschool answer. What do you want to be when you grow up? A firefighter. So, uh, what about you, Otis? Oh yeah, I, I knew I wanted to be a firefighter. Uh, growing up, I was. I seen uh, the firemen back then. They rode the tailboard of the truck, and so I, I, I seen them out testing hydrants, and I knew that I wanted to be a fireman. I used to ride by the fire station on Cherry Road and see the firemen out uh, in front of the station. And so I knew that's what I wanted to do. What, what are your favorite parts about being a firefighter? Or in the fire department, if you will? You know, just, just um, you know, being able to, whenever you do something and you really feel like you made a difference and helped somebody, it really makes you feel good. And a lot of times you feel helpless that you can't, but whenever you feel like, you know, I might have helped make that person's day better when they was having a really bad day it really makes you feel better and also the friendships and <laughs> and, and that you'll make it a fire department i'll say that uh just having uh, the opportunity to meet people uh every day really being out in the community we're uh, out inspecting business so uh, we visit folks every day and i can imagine just being in the fire department itself you have the opportunity to really I mean, I guess you could say almost change someone's life because putting out, a, whether it's a fire of their home or a business or simply just educating them on, on different aspects and stuff, you can essentially save their home or their business. So I'm sure people are, you know, it's kind of a underlying thing. People are grateful for firefighters. <laughs> um, do you guys still have people interested in becoming firefighters? Is there a lot or is it kind of? We still what? have a good applicant pool now. It has uh drop some you know in years past we've had anywhere from three to five hundred applicants uh this wow. year we're, we're in the hiring process now we had about 150 applicants okay for this, this year and i know a lot of communities have volunteer fire departments i guess that's the way to put it what is how is how does the jurisdiction work with those and the the what is the relationship between the two we uh, Rock Hill, we're a full-time paid department. We do not have any uh, volunteer firefighters in our department, um, and we cover the city limits of Rock Hill. Uh, some of the departments in the county, some are fully volunteer, some are a combination of paid and volunteer departments. But we have a, uh, a mutual aid agreement with the county departments, and you know they're trained. And if we need them to support us inside the city, uh, we'll call and, and they'll send whatever we need. And if they need help in the county, we'll respond to help them as well. Do you guys have goals for when a call comes in? Okay, call comes in, there's a fire. We are going to be at said location in X amount of time. Do you guys talk about that type of stuff? Uh, not specifically. Now, as far as our ISO rating, they want an average response time of under five minutes. But we don't really... We try to make sure we get out of the station quickly, but what you don't want to do is encourage people to drive faster than safe so you don't want to put pressure on the firefighters to get there in a certain amount of time you just want to do it as fast as you can as safely as you can so just for context iso rating what exactly is that what does that mean it's a it's a rating you get from the insurance services office and it's a rating from one to ten that our departments receive with one being the best and it can affect your homeowner's insurance rating okay uh, the city of rock hill is a class one which is the highest rating you can get so our citizens are afforded the best insurance rates they can right. and we achieved that in 2016 we were previously a class three okay in 2016 we became a class one and it's a lot of factors that play into the ISO rating. It's a combination of uh, the training you have, the, the response times, the number of firefighters you have on duty, and also the water system, the water supply, the hydrant. 
system in the city. So our utilities department played a big role in helping us get that, and also the dispatch center. So it's a lot of different factors that factor into that. So you both have been here for, um, uh, Mark, you said 33 years, Otis going on 30 years. What can you tell us is like the biggest transformation you have seen within the fire department? Because I feel like, like a lot of people might just see the fire department as, well, it doesn't change much. You know, you have firefighters, you put out fires, and, and then you do inspections. What has been the biggest transformation for you guys that you've seen? For me, probably, the, you know, just like everything else, the technology side, the equipment, the safety equipment, uh, the thermal imaging cameras, the ability to use those cameras and, and detect heat through walls and, you know, through smoke and all that, and the different, you know, computers in the, in the vehicles. Yeah, so go into a little bit more detail. What is one of your favorite new pieces of technology that allows you guys to do your job better? I think the, uh, the the biggest for the fire department was when they invented the thermal imaging cameras, which was detects heat. And you know, previously before that, if you thought there maybe if you you have to like open up a wall to see where there's a fire in it. Mm. Now we can shine that camera at it, and it can tell us if the temperature inside the wall. Oh, so wow. we might not have wow, to damage. That's crazy. Stuff, yeah. yeah, that's some new age stuff. Yeah, yeah. stuff you only see on TV. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, what about you, Otis? Same thing, or it would be the same thing. Uh, being in the uh, fire marshal's office going out in the community we don't necessarily use any high-tech equipment we just uh, graduated from a paper and a clipboard to <laughs> uh, laptops and database so uh, that's as uh, high-tech as we get just like most of us right now how, how long have each of you been at the Rock Hill Fire Department uh, almost 33 years and right at 30 all right so you've seen Rock Hill from 30 years ago to Rock Hill now, How, and it's grown a lot. How have you guys grown with the community? Well, we've added, you know, obviously, obviously several stations. We had three fire stations when I started, and we have we doubled. We had six now. It was about 70 total employees, and we're around 140 in our department now, so it's doubled in size. So um, we've added stations, equipment, and personnel along with the growth of the city. And this city's probably about to double the size it was mm. in 1989 when I started. Do you have a lot more uh, fire trucks now? I mean, obviously you have to with the uh, addition of stations, but have you seen that nearly double as yeah, well? Yeah, we, th- we, we had three frontline engines is what we call it, and we have six now. Okay. So we've, we've doubled with that. And the call volume has probably increased five or six times this mm-hmm. way now you said there's several different locations how do you guys decide where these fire locations are do you try to centralize them to different parts of rock hill yeah the as far as the stations um again back with the iso rating it plays a role in it and can dictate where we we use that as a guide to where we place our stations uh you know and also it's you have to make it compatible with the goals of the city and the council and where they want to annex and direction they they want to move next so we try to plan ahead and plot for the future so there's something annually in the month of october and it's like a fire safety week correct fire prevention week fire prevention week okay um so do you guys do stuff with that as far as maybe with schools or daycares and such we are uh through the month of october we have several events planned all month long so we're we will be going to daycares uh we have an event uh, at winthrop uh so yeah we're busy throughout the whole community and i can imagine with the kids like you see just their eyes light up right as soon as you guys pull up oh you know it especially for the young children we'll bring 
uh, Sparky the Fire Dog mm. costume <laughs> mascot, and we will be out there, and uh, they will really enjoy that. Walk us through the elementary school event and the uh, Winthrop event and what that might look like. Well, what we're doing with Winthrop is uh, we, we have a fire extinguisher simulator, and we will be setting that up and offering uh, opportunities for those students to come and uh, utilize the fire extinguisher. And what's the kind of education that you guys give the kids? Obviously, you know, fire is something scary to them um, just in and of itself. So kind of how do you break fire safety down for children? Right. Well, we do have a fire safety house. It's a mobile unit that we can carry out in the community. And we have taken it to uh, daycares and even churches. And so when the children come in, we could have... uh, theatrical smoke that they could crawl and we would teach them how to stop drop and roll crawl low under smoke and it actually has a full kitchen in it so it's got a stove so we would teach them you know not to uh you know get too close to the stove place things on the stove and um it's it's got a fireplace in it fire alarm uh, and of course we will have sparky with them oh at that location as well we also try to uh, show the, the children, the firefighters, in their turnout gear with their air pack on just to let them see and touch and all so they won't be afraid if there ever is a fire and a firefighter's coming and where they won't run away from the firefighter. What are other ways that you guys try to engage with the community? Well, we also uh, have a first grade coloring contest that we will have a sheet and supplies that we take out to the schools. Now we haven't done it this year because of some restrictions, but uh, in the past and hopefully going forward, we will have that program activated again, where we will have a coloring contest for the first graders and a fifth grade essay contest. And what what would you say a contest? What's the, is there a prize? Or? Oh, there is, it's exciting. <laughs> uh, with the uh, coloring contest, uh, the pictures and it comes with a fire safety message it's just not a coloring contest so uh, there's a fire safety message that goes along with that we will get the pictures there will be a fire related picture Uh, and the winner is chosen one winner from each school then a grand prize winner which is uh, a winner from each school would receive like a $25 gift card and a grand prize winner would receive a $50 gift card and with the essay contest winner uh, it would be a hundred dollars. Matthew, you're too old to prize. participate. Hi, my name is Matt. <laughs> I love the fire department. Please give me uh, money. <laughs> so it, it's a great program. It really is. We want to engage children and um, get you know fire safety uh, on their mind all the time. Now, being with the city for as long, or just in the fire department in general, as long as you both have, have you had kind of countless? instances of like small children accidentally pulling the fire alarm i feel like that's a that's a thing that happens often it does happen (laughs) it does happen um and where is obviously we hope everybody in the community just listens to this podcast to get most of their fire safety information but is there information online where people can can locate this stuff as well there are several uh websites they could go to um the National Fire Protection Association website. They can receive information there. Well, we have information on our website. Um, there, there's several out there. Mainly the National Fire Protection Association and uh, the, the, the city website. True. 
-hmm. Okay. Now, before we get out of here, I have to know, do you guys, do they still have the the slide-down poles and fire departments, (laughs) or are those a thing of the past? Those are a thing of the past in our departments because all of our stations now that we have to run firefighters out are one-story buildings. Mm. Okay. But but we, I had the opportunity to slide a pole quite a bit at our headquarters station uh, downtown that we that we have, and you know some departments that two-story stations they still have poles. Was it as fun as it looks? Because I feel like that just looks like a lot of fun. Uh, it wasn't that fun after oh. after a couple times. Crushing my dreams. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that fun. <laughs> so you had to be careful not to slide down on top of somebody. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you two are very important. Um, just the department in general is obviously very important um, to the community here and everything that you guys do, and you're busy. So we thank you so much for taking time out of your day here and joining us here on CityCast. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill CityCast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.